Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Boys, we are in the heat of fixie season. Fixie season is upon us and we're starting to check off those coveted must-sees. Um, and certainly this movie, uh, this week, uh, The Zone of Interest, directed by Jonathan Glazer, is one of those. It was uh, most recently got quite a few Oscar nominations, especially the coveted Best Picture and coveted Best Director nominations over Greta Gerwig. So we can discuss that. Um, but um, Are those yeah. really that coveted at this point? I think the directing one certainly is. At the um, Oscars? Right. Well... I say that, you know, Lee, at this point, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like to brag too much about how meaningful the fixies are, but everybody knows yeah. they're mm-hmm. the purest award show. And um, it's, that's the real quiz. That's the real quiz. Um, so, guys, I, I have a little bit of a complicated question about this film for you. Um, just I want to give everybody a little bit of context. And I think there's going to be some spoilers, uh, but, you know, the col- the Holocaust, you know, we all know it, what happened. I mean, some people... So are we, is a spoiler debate. that it happened because that's news to me, right? Right. Oh, godly, that's. <laughs> um, we're not doing that over here. But yes, we we're, we might we may spoil a few things in the movie, so, and I really encourage people to go see this film. Uh, maybe you guys don't, but uh, uh, you know the anti semites that you are. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but just joking. I, but I do think like I, I encourage people to see the film and turn it off if you're if you are planning on seeing it and come back to this podcast. But uh so guys like I I I there's obviously this this film is about uh Rudolf Hess Hoss Hoss uh, Hoss Hoss Hess and it's pronounced Hess in German I think. Um is the commandant of Auschwitz um and the death camps and concentration camps there. There were I believe three or four of them. Uh, during the Holocaust, and this little ditty film was is about the sort of domestic life behind the scenes uh, of the Haas um, household, and kind of how they exist, and amongst the horrors that are on the other side, literally on the other side of the wall. Yeah, well, I think um, the geography is important to tell people where yeah. they're... They, their their sort of idyllic house and a beautiful garden is literally on the other side of, I think it might have been Auschwitz, two or three Birkenau. The one, I mean, the one where a lot of the 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 killings, the happened. big one, the, the big, big the main one, one, the big yeah. one, the main one. Um, and we got a. I think that should be it. I think that one's there. generally considered to be the best. Oh God, I oh, God, this is. I'm so glad this happened so long ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> These jokes are really landing. So. Uh, Glazer, who's a very interesting director who I hope we discuss some more. Um, I know a couple, you guys have been catching up on a couple of his films lately. Um, chooses to sort of depict, um, this story, as much of it as you can call a story, in a very sort of hands-off way. Much of the film is shot in this house, um, next to Auschwitz. I don't, it's probably not, I don't think it's the real house, but the set is meant to be almost exactly the same layout uh, with remote cameras, uh, Sony Venice cameras um, that are very sort of small and inconspicuous so that the actors can kind of live these real moments in the house. There's obviously other, I think that's a little bit overstated because there are other moments in the film where it's obviously on a very large dolly track and um, 
but the, I think the main sort of stylistic takeaway here is that the film is very hands off. But for the these um, cutscenes where we uh, where Glazer that Glazer films with a thermal imaging camera um, of a young Polish woman leaving apples for um, the ho- the Holocaust uh, the sort of the 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 the, the workers in the camps um, in a very eerie kind of um, mise-en-scene. Uh, there is just a very removed feeling to these images. Um, and it it almost feels experimental. Um, one might argue that this is... I, I've heard this being described as like a, a big art project. Um, and th- I, I was really interested in your guys' opinions of this film, and maybe you wait a little bit to jump into that, but because I know you guys are such... Uh, believers in form, believers in structure and, you know, screenwriting and dialogue and sort of the traditional things that make a film um, what it is. And this film obscures a lot of those things. It zigs when we when from from normal filmmaking. So I'd love to hear kind of how that landed with you guys. Generally, how do you feel about watching films that do this kind of thing? Well, it's it's absolutely a departure from kind of the traditional you know benchmarks of filmmaking in terms of structure and storytelling but i think another thing you mentioned was form and it it identifies a form and like sticks with it a hundred percent throughout this movie and you know you talk about how the camera work is very removed and you know, you kind of feel a little bit like a, um, like an intruder on, on this family throughout. And like, I think every, in every way, this movie sticks to a, a, a very specific formula in terms of its style of filmmaking. And I like that in theory. <clears throat> it's not my favorite thing to sit through. Um, sure. I, th- I think that this movie is in, in, is in, is equally fascinating and like <laughs> kind of equally boring. And I don't necessarily mean boring in like a a totally bad sense. Like there's just not a ton that happens in the forefront of this movie. I think what's so interesting is like not only the clues that it gives you throughout, but like what we know is happening outside the frame in this movie. And that's what Glazer's so focused on here that I right. think is so fascinating. I should mention that um there is a extensive soundtrack uh, or, or, or uh, uh, sound effects throughout the film that they've done a lot of interviews. And I think um, the, actually the sound designer was on the big picture at one point uh, made up of like 600 different sound effects that were all like very um, specifically chosen and timed to be almost to like line up in history. And so periodically you'll watch this, you'll be watching this like family bathing you know in a swimming pool and you'll hear like executions happening in the background and you know screams and gunshots going off so i'm sorry lee continue well i think i mean we can dive a little bit more into like the impact of scenes like that i think we should but i think just that idea that this movie sets up with its formula is what makes it so interesting and and is ultimately, I think, what this movie is. And if you are able and interested to buy into that, then there's a ton to take away. But it's totally not like, you know, I think we can all kind of have a feeling what Jeremy thinks. Just 
in simplest way that we know that he likes structure and story and those are aspects of movies that he you know wants and that's not really here in the traditional sense yeah i mean the movie is the concept right i mean this whole film is that one idea of like the filmmaker showing you a seemingly day to day normal quote unquote family family drama and family issues while what we know as the horrors of the holocaust go on behind the walls and we we hear that and it's a brilliant concept it really is but it is the entirety of the movie is that concept and of course it works well in terms of like showing you sort of the banality of evil and um just how easy it is to sort of or how easy it was for people to and probably still to this day when evil takes place to separate themselves from the act. I mean, that's what this movie is so good at showing you, but at the same time, that is the entirety of the film. Um, so I guess the argument would be, um, you know, is that enough for you as an audience member? I mean, it's hard with a movie that with this subject matter to say, no, it's not enough for me. But I think you I think you could argue that maybe. I mean, we've never really seen anything like it where it is the sound design and it's what's outside the frame that is, for lack of a better word, framing our um, our expectations and emotions. But I asked one thing that I did find super interesting and Lee, you know, um, made a crass joke about it early on. Uh, yep. Uh, pathetic. No, but just that, you know, I had a couple good ones. You made, you you know, you made an offhanded pathetic comment, um, (laughs) about, you know, like what, you know, we knowing what happened in the Holocaust or or like it was it was a long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um but there is a little bit of that, you know, saving history argument to be made about this movie because yes, we know, we've seen we've seen the movies. We grew up reading, you know, what was that movie? A Star uh Stars Born. Yeah. Uh right. number number the stars and like yeah. I remember Lois as yeah, I remember as a kid just going through like a really big Holocaust phase of books and and history. Daniel's story, and all is that this one? Daniel one I story. I think that was another one. Um, but you know, imagine you didn't know. Like if that information was lost to history, watching this movie would not have nearly the same impact for somebody that didn't understand what were hap- was happening behind those walls. So I thought that was interesting that you had to come into this film with that knowledge. And of course we all should have it, but that's not to say, you know, everyone does. I, I really like that. The idea of this being an art project, because I think when it is operating in that sense, in particular, um, and Chapin, I know that you had a um, a scene in mind that you wanted to discuss, and I don't know if this is it, but there was a, one of many that really stood out to me. It was, you know, we're first sort of introduced in, 
introduced to this this idyllic garden in their backyard and little by little we start to focus in on all the plants in the garden and we get a little closer and we get these nice beautiful shots of flowers and this is when the first time we're hearing these gunshots and screams in the background and to me that is that is the art project here that is it that is it in a nutshell that we see in a number of different ways throughout this movie i think where this movie starts to I don't want to use the term fall apart, but at least at least I kind of lose interest is when you oddly started to get a little bit more into the characters and the family dynamics and stuff like almost when there was an attempt at a story when, you know, the the commandant gets reassigned and he goes goes else uh, goes to another um, another post and like all all this but the drama, wife doesn't want to leave this idea right. well i like i like that aspect i like that switch. conversation that they have but like once you get beyond that and we kind of see his story um and his meetings and although it is you know an incredible <laughs> scene when they're talking about their plan for these incinerators that they want to build both times um but i found the more they got into like you oddly learning about these characters the less that art project was present and I, th- I thought that was less effective and that's kind of the opposite of your typical film mm. yeah uh so well, I, I, I yeah sorry go ahead jerem no go ahead no, no, I'm thought, sorry. well i was just gonna say it, it certainly is a unique and interesting way to tell a story i mean we should really try to emphasize that aspect of it because it does lean into filmmaking and when I say filmmaking, I mean all of filmmaking, including and especially in this case, the sound design. So to tell this story, but it does take your, you know, your expectations and 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 sort of change them for the good. Certainly. Um, yeah. So I think I wanted to comment on um, Jeremy's idea about um you know, you have to come in with a certain amount of knowledge. I think that this film, as you know, looking at it from the perspective of an art project, uh, as a piece of art, as you know, like a, you know, and normally I really like if someone tells me, oh god, like this, this, this is a, you know, this movie is about, about movies, or it's about itself, or it, you know, defies, the you know, typical, you know, it transcends film. Um, I roll my eyes a little bit, but I do think that there has been so much film specifically, but also TV, certainly books, both historical fiction and nonfiction written. There's been so much covered in the Holocaust about the Holocaust that we know what's happening over that wall. Like we've seen it. We've seen, um, Schindler's list. We've seen the pianist. We've seen, um, we, we know pop culturally, unfortunately, awful things happen there. And the sort of the Nazi uh, officer is a, an archetypal character at this point, you know, um, evil and kind of uh, loud and, and crass and, um, you know, very uptight and German. And, and, and so like... I don't think that Grazer, Glazer is commenting on that, but I think what he's doing is acknowledging that we we know what's happening on the other side of that. And 
we've seen it so much that it's almost been fetishized in a way. It's almost been represented so many times that it's become, um, you know, part of our pop culture. And this side of it is about the banality of evil, as you said, Jeremy, um, which was a term, you know, used for Adolf Eichmann, but works here as well, that these are just people who were trying to live Hitler's dream of the the perfect Aryan family. And this guy, um, if you read about him, he wasn't an evil person in the sense that he got pleasure out of hurting people or uh, he was even particularly, you know, murderous. He just had a job to do and did it. And, and he, he wanted, was good at his job. Yeah. And he was good at his job. And, and, and we don't see him talking about. Does he make to... the good at, good at your job list? <laughs> Does, oh, thank God. Rudolf Hals is here. Jesus. No, but, but, um, you know, in that, and I think in that scene, he's not talking about how to kill more people. He's talking about, he's talking to those engineers about how to get rid of the bodies. Efficiently. Yeah. Efficiently. Yeah. And, and, in a way like that is more horrifying than this, you know, Nazi officer archetype from like the Indiana Jones movies or totally um, even Schindler's list, Schindler's list. And, and you've got all these films like Schindler's list was, you know, heavily, heavily criticized. Obviously that movie I think is one of the best movies ever made. Um, but it's unlike this film in that, like I've said this, you know, jokingly before, but it is enjoyable to watch because it does, stick to those cinematic conventions that we know and love. Like there is an evil bad guy. There is an evil German officer who is very fairly represented realistically in Schindler's list. And there is a hero in Schindler and, you know, a lot of Jewish filmmakers, Stanley Kubrick, uh, Michael Haneke uh, at the time said, this is totally inappropriate. Like this, the, the Holocaust uh, Kubrick said the Holocaust is not about, success or it's or it's it's about failure and the failure of humankind and um having a german or a czechoslovakian nazi be the be the hero in your story of the holocaust and the definitive holocaust film is is tr- is troubling and I, that that is not to take anything away from that film i love schindler's list um but this film really just makes you feel so uncomfortable with what these people were doing and you don't even see it. You don't see one murder in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a great point, Jape, and well said, but I, I, to add to it, I guess, I think like, you know, in these other films where the Nazis are just, you know, the terrible ultimate, bad guy almost to the point where they're you know zombies or monsters or something that's in inhuman right like it's scarier to see the humanity in them and know that like you said this guy just was in his mind doing his job and that's how something like this could happen because You want to, I mean, obviously you want to think that the only way something like this could happen is if they were all, um, you know, uh, what's the, 
Rafe finds character's name in Schindler's List. Eamon, 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 yeah. yeah. If yeah. they were all yeah. that bad, then of course it could happen. But um, this this reminds you that no, this really happened, and that these people were living their lives and you know had families and still somehow did this. Well, I think what is interesting is that we're watching this family and they are the protagonists of this movie. And, you know, you joke at joked at the beginning of the podcast about us being anti-Semites, but like we're watching this movie where like, you know, not exactly, but like the Nazis are the good guys within the story behind on this side of the wall. Like we want the kids to be okay. Like we want the, like the family to stay together. And like, I think that's what makes to a certain extent, like that scene where, you know, it's tracking around the house, it's going in and out, it's following the servants, and we're overhearing um, Rudolf Haas and his and his team go over these plans to build these incinerators, and they're saying things. He's like, well, you can, you know, you can get 500 in there, and then it'll, uh, it'll heat up, and then the other side will cool down to 40 degrees, so you can clean it out. And I'm, I'm watching that scene, and I'm like, they're not talking about the people, right? They're talking about their shoes or something. Like you almost can't grasp how horrific what they're talking about is because we are conditioned watching this movie and watching other movies, which I'm sure that Glazer is aware of that the people that we're following couldn't possibly be having this conversation, this, uh, irreverently. And I like what you said that this movie just is so much more impactful when it comes to that stuff that's been, you know, flooded into, you know, popular culture for, you know, what is it? 80 years. So at least. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think another thing that is so sort of poignant with Glazer's film that he captures in a way that I don't think anybody has before, at least on film is that, you know, for something as awful as the Holocaust to happen, and let's be honest, there's a lot of things similar that, you know, have happened around the world, and I, I might bring that up to tell you about my moment of the film that was so powerful for me, which I think is the most powerful moment I've seen, or at least I thought I had seen in film up to, yes, last night. Um, that, you know, evil... Things, something as evil as the Holocaust happening or mass murder or genocide happening is not about having a lot of people like Eamon Guth, you know? It's about people going along to get along. Yeah. And that's what this guy did. And the um, there's a great quote about him. Let me find it while we talk. But um, that I, I read a, something about him that his... When uh, the shrinks during the Nuremberg trials after you know he was captured... Upset uh, about him that sort of summed up this movie for me, and it was perfect. Um, let me find it. Well, everything we have been talking about, you know, to go back to my earlier point, is what this movie is about, and it's easy and and it's great to have these conversations and be able to talk about it uh, like this, and it makes it seem like there is a lot of dialogue you can have, which maybe is true, but 
all that being said, it still was the entirety of the movie. I mean, you could pick like almost any chunk of that and have this exact same conversation we had. It's true. I mean, there there are those moments uh, with the uh, thermal vision, which I think are interesting, and the music. Also, you know, the, the subject is not entirely... It's not as if like it's just happening and the Auschwitz is happening behind us and nobody's reacting to it. The kids react to it. Um, what's her name's mother? The, the, the matriarch's mother yeah, comes she, to visit and she has to leave because she can't stand all the things that are happening behind it. Um, here, I just want to read this. This is from the psychologist Gustav Gilbert, who, um, you know, sort of diagnosed or analyzed Hoss at the end of it. Uh, in all of our discussions, Hoss is quite matter of fact and apathetic, shows some belated interest in the enormity of his crime, but gives the impression that it never would have occurred to him if somebody hadn't asked him. There is too much apathy to leave any suggestion of remorse, and even the prospect of hanging does not unduly stress him. One gets the general impression of a man who is intellectually normal, but with schizoid apathy, insensitivity, and lack of empathy that could hardly be more extreme in a frank psychotic. Hmm. Well, so that's interesting, because what having heard that, what do you guys make of the final scene with him, where he, like, vomits in the hallway? Right. So this is this is the moment. That was the moment. Uh, specifically, well, the moment when. The, uh, are you talking about like the cut back and forth, or just specifically? The, the okay, cut. yeah, that's what and I what was I, thinking. Yeah, what I think the what the meaning of it was, but I don't I don't think I'm right. But what it meant to me at the time. Um, so they're just to give a little context. They're planning what would be they named they named it after him Operation Hoss after him, which is the um, killing of. Nearly half a million Jews in fifty six days, um, and there is a scene from the act of killing. Do you guys remember that documentary? Yeah, I mean, I literally, I, I'm reading that, but like, I literally, that's the first thing I thought of when that happened. I don't remember that scene. I but do. It was that was chilling, and he's retching and he can't throw up. And the, I think the moment that was so powerful to me is. You know, he's at this party, they're celebrating the that the this operation happening and his success basically, and he's sort of tuned out of the party and he tells his wife the only thing he could think of is how to gas everybody in the how to efficiently kill everybody in the party. And then he's sitting there, he calls her, talks to her about his success, and then he's walking down, he's in this big empty bureaucratic building and he starts retching and he can't throw up. He starts spitting and throwing up and it's like the enormity of all this stuff. And initially I read that as like, you know, he's just, it's just, I thought he was literally just like stressed out about how big of an operation it was. But then the film cuts to the Auschwitz museum in modern day. And it's just these like cleaning people prepping the museum for the the day's tourists and they're wearing like you know little cleaners outfits and like you know spraying the glass over all these exhibits and it's like the banality of this place now yeah and i don't think glazer meant this to be this way but the way i interpret that is almost as if he is envisioning the what what will this will be in the future like He's seeing that there will be a museum made about his crimes and it'll be just as boring every day as it is for his, as it is for his 
you know, family back home. It'll be oh, just. I as... definitely didn't take it that way. I see. I think I'm wrong, but I, I, I think that's what's so powerful about this movie is that he, I feel like he sees that because it cuts back to him. I mean, I think it was partly that it just took me to act of killing so much. Um, and I never saw that. In you never saw that movie? Yeah. Oh, you got you. I mean, it's not an easy watch, but it's it's a documentary too, which is the wild thing. Um, and then the way these men just talk about the, their crimes, it's very similar in concept to this. Um, but in Act of Killing, it's like that this, <clears throat> without him ever admitting it, it's it was almost like his body couldn't. Take, keep in the the horrific acts he had and that he needed to, to like get it out and i felt like this was the same way he was never there was never a conscious decision where he's like oh i did something wrong i think his his body literally just needed to reject so that's what i thought and then chapin read that quote and now i'm like i, I don't know that well that's... i don't know if that's necessarily the quotes from real life and this is you know, sure. The piece I mean, of art yeah, that's that true, I guess. is representing it, and then cutting back and forth to the modern museum is it, it to me. It's like oh, the enormity of. I mean, the amount of shoes and you know. I mean, I think. What, yeah, I think the museum. You're right about Chapin. That like, it's still just as banal. Like it's like it, we've gotten to a point now. Where it's just like, okay, another day, another dollar. Let's clean up. Let's wash. Let's wash the glass. I don't. I just. I don't think I had a reaction where I was like, "This is what he's seeing happen." Um. So I, no, I'm kind of with both of you. Like I, I took the gagging and the the vomiting as like, this is him. This is his body, like rejecting the horrors that he's doing. Right, and that are coming, and that. Yes, and then I think the cutaways to the future is like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it like, did we learn anything? But it's just like, okay, we're past, we're past this now. It's a museum now. It's like a, right, it's a location when you're on vacation, like right. And I think you're right about that, but it was the cutting back to him to end on that. Yeah, like, why not yeah, end? It's a good the, thought. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, it's interesting because like, you know, movies for us, for anybody can be a number of different things, right? They can be enjoyable. They can be thought provoking. They can be interesting. They can be artistic, all these different check boxes. And I feel like, and I don't know which ones specifically need to be checked, but you need to have three or four, or whatever those of them checked off, or at least for me, to be a fixie contender. And I'm wondering if this checks off the right ones for me. Well, I mean, it sounds I feel like for you, Chapin, it's, it's hitting the most, like the most important pieces. Like it is, this is it not is, a movie I, we're necessarily ever going to watch again. So like that's out. Right. right. But it's, like, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, but I know what you mean. It's not, it's not a movie that you're going to be like, yes, I was, I'm sort of baffled by how, uh, edge of my seat I was the whole movie you know it's not like a an uncut gems where the experience is so profound while you're watching it minute to minute that you can't help but put it on your your top 10 list like but it is a movie and it's not a movie you probably will watch 
again. I might watch it again, but it's not something I'm like anxious to see again. And not because it was so horrible to watch. It's just not a lot happens. It's not, yeah. it's not I feel like, like terribly it, entertaining at minute to minute. I feel like we are having a more engaging conversation yeah. than I had watching the movie. That's like another checkbox. It's like, it's more, it's a more interesting movie to talk about. Yeah. Than it's, it's it is to because see. It is this sort of the same thing over and over the same message. Um, where also on top of that, not a lot does happen. Um, so it's like tough to say that I like, I like the movie. I just found it a little bit, a little bit boring in, in, you know, or not maybe boring is the wrong word, but just not engaging enough from, for what I wanted out of it. Sure. And that's a factor. Like, I mean, it, it, I, I think it's intentionally, I think it's a totally intentional what you, that you feel that way, Jeremy. But that well, has a to be a factor. Dull. It is, it like, is dull, and and I think some people. I I'd, I would encourage you guys to read uh, Manola Dargas's. She's like the one of the few critics from the New York Times who did not like this movie. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see what it is. Let me look at what she says because I thought it was interesting. But I think like a lot of you know it's 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 also kind of one it's also kind of an easy metaphor or like it's an e- what what he's doing with the form is yeah, easy to very clear out. Yeah. yeah yeah and i like that because a lot of times i feel like i miss those things <laughs> you feel dumb but, yeah. yeah i feel dumb but <laughs> but it's true like it isn't very it's not necessarily like particularly complex filmmaking what what is um, that line the i think it's in forgetting sarah marshall and um Jonah Hill goes to Alda Snow and he's just like, did you listen to my demo? But like, did you get it? Yeah. Like, did you get it? I'm like, that's how I feel about this movie. I'm like, I got it guys. Come on. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Glazer was thinking of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. When he, when he was it, making yeah. it, he's like, let's base, base <laughs> yeah. it all on that. Yeah. I mean, again, great movie to talk about. I think it's, you know, an engaging concept. It's something unique and different that, you know, I hadn't really ever seen before. If there was a fixie for sound design, this would be the runaway winner. Um, but in totality, but even, as a movie, the sound design is interesting because it's not like it's complicated sound design. It's just like well placed sound. It's like yeah, very well, it's, efficient. It's also tell, like it's it's telling the it story. Yeah. It's a big part of telling the story. Is the so sound I've, design and the music too? I really says, do like all music. That it, all that is clear from what's on screen is Glazer has made a hollow, self-aggrandizing art film exercise set in Auschwitz during the Holocaust. Mm. I don't know harsh. if anything about this is self-aggrandizing. Um, I have I have two things to bring up. One, so I'm curious about this because maybe it would just be too obvious, but like you're obviously like supposed to be placed in this like nice house with this garden, and like there are some like nice shots of flowers and stuff, but like the color palette of this movie is not particularly vibrant. It is also kind of dull. And I'm curious, yeah. like why he went with that? Like, I don't why know. I don't think it was why not dull. have like the clear juxtaposition of like the, the gray backdrop with like the nice, you know, colorful garden. And because stuff. you do like, see the concentration camp in the background. So I, I don't know. I think it might be too obvious if he did that. I mean, that's my first thought too, but then this movie is a little like already kind of dull and now it's kind of dull to look at too. Oh, I like the way it's shot. I, I, I will say that. I mean, the I, camera work is good. 
I will say that I, I, I was, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I mean, I knew the kind of the concept going into the movie, but I'm glad that it didn't. There is this knowledge there, there, you know, the, the omnipotent filmmaker, whatever in charge of the film, uh, there is a understanding that what we're seeing is evil and the sense that there is like yeah. something is lurking underneath all this, which I appreciate. I think that is, um, very, very well done. I, yeah, I, 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 I have a lot of admiration for this film. I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, it's sort of it's sort of informative and the sort of the whole thing as a total piece the sum of of the parts um is moving but it's not a moving movie from moment to moment yeah i agree once you I agree. stop and absorb it and you you kind of appreciate the whole thing in its entirety it's moving i think and, maybe and I think there's some really re- impactful scenes, like yes. individually. Yes, yes, but I agree with you. Um, it's unusual that we aren't anxious to talk about performances. It's they're like, I don't know, they're, like Sandra Hewler is already a fixie contender, I think, for Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Um, but she had so much more she, to do there. And she's in this movie arguably more than Christian Friedel, who plays Rudolf Hall, ha, uh, Rudolf Haas. But yeah, like there's not a lot of acting in this movie like there, I don't really know like there's no one else even worth discussing aside from those two if they're if those two are even worth discussing to any length I wonder if um, <clears throat> if Glazer wanted to hold back on performance a little bit to not again it's like the color thing Lee to not have the dichotomy be too apparent to give them like really emotional scenes or yeah. scenes that show their humanity or something because well, it's also they, just not about that, I guess. Right. Yeah. And they also, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't seem inhumane. There's not scenes like we've talked about where they're, you know, doing these horrific stuff, but at the same time, they're not, they're not getting these like family love moments. I mean, the scene at the, down by the dock where, you know, she says she's going to stay and like he's going to go um, to his next post and stuff is like the most acting they get to do. And they're both good in that scene, but it's not, ne- it's never a moment where you're like, you know, there's a fixie contender right there. Like it's, it's oddly not that type of movie. Like it's, you fall back to the art project where, you know, you start to think about like, okay, wh- where could this movie fall? You know, it's probably not going to be in screenplay, but it could be in director. It could, you know, could cinematography be part of it display the way that you know the the film kind of moves um could it be in the best picture conversation but it's it's not your typical movie where it's like this is loaded with contenders no. um and even if you look at its oscar nominations like it's you know it's picture and director and then i think it's i think it did get a screenplay nomination um but then it's technical stuff right it's uh I don't think so. Actually, oh, it's just sound. Okay, so it's oh, an uh, international feature. So picture, screenplay, directing, international feature, and then sound. So I don't know. Screenplay, I think, is a little bit of an interesting nomination, but yeah, I, I mean, just as far as our review on this podcast, like I can't really remember a movie where we've had, 
you know, I feel like we all agree pretty much the same. We, we all wrestled with this movie. We were able to sort of take away a very interesting discussion from this movie, but none of us are over the moon about it at the same time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of am. I, it, it's, it's just, it's hard to be, um, it's hard to like celebrate this movie because it's, I think it's deliberately challenging to watch. I mean, I just think this is always the challenging part of making lists, right? Because it's like, you put this on a list, you say, this is one of your favorite movies of the year. Like somebody says, what's your favorite movie of 2023? Ah, oh, the zone of interest. <laughs> like it's right. just, but like, that's also stuff that we factor in. Like we, we qualify these things by saying like exactly what we've talked about. Like this isn't necessarily a movie I'd recommend to, you know, well, I mean, I probably would recommend it to just about everybody, but it's not something I would go see again, or it's not something that is a particularly enjoyable watch, but it right, has but a it's not, really it's not powerful the message. It's not the matter like, that keeping us from that. I feel like it's the engagement factor that's yeah, kind for of sure. keeping us away. Like, I think if this movie, same subject matter, same tone, same everything, somehow found it a way to be more audience friendly or engaging i think this would be we'd be like this is my you know up there with my favorite movies of the year yeah um but then it's interesting because it was a very conscious choice to make it the way that it is so it's one of those things where it's like this is the exact movie the director intended to make it's not the exact movie that i would have liked to have seen but yeah that it that it, yeah, guys? I, I think it's interesting to I, I've been thinking a lot about this movie and some of the other movies we tend to see it around this fixie time and it, it's so it's always so surprising to me how so there are so many people who just don't like to have unpleasant experiences at the movie at the movies and I don't mean like you know necessarily <laughs> something as sort of yeah, depressing and dull ostensibly as this film, but you know, people who just don't like, they don't even like to see negative things represented right. in movies. You know, like they like to see like the, the, you know, Marley and me is the most, you know, heart, strong, heart pulled or, you know, strings pulled on right. their heart that they'll, they'll put up with. And, you know, would, would a movie like this, you know, if, if you could, if, if someone came to be like, look, I don't like watching movies about the Holocaust. I won't, I won't watch them. I won't, you know, my life is depressing enough to begin with, or, you know, whatever reason people have for, for doing that. Would this be a film that you would, that you think is important for people to see? And like, think, you know, don't forget when you are considering this, that like a lot of people don't see as many movies as we do. And a lot of people certainly don't see like as sort of dark of movies as we see. I, I I think this movie is powerful. I don't think it it is particularly important, and I don't I did, want I, disagree I don't want with that, that I don't want that to sound like I'm I, I'm suggesting that the, the history of the Holocaust is not important. But there's nothing about there's nothing that happens in this movie that is going to tell people that the Holocaust was horrible. Like it it's powerful in the way that it portrays it, but and I it think... does make you sit and think like wow, this really is just like another reminder of how horrible this is. But I don't know that that's as important as some other movies that we see that are important. And 
I don't know if that has to do with like the timeliness of it or anything like that. I just, this is not necessarily a movie that I'd be like, I know you have a hard time with, you know, difficult movies, but you've got to, you've got to stomach this one. You've got to sit through it. I don't necessarily feel that way about this. Look, I think it's, I think it's, I would put it in the category where, like I was talking about before, as far as education, like I would, I, I think it's part of the, a, a bigger picture education of the Holocaust. Like if you really, you know, you should keep teaching kids what happened. You know, they should read Number of the Stars and uh, watch Schindler's List. And may, I would put this movie in there too as perspective. I think it it helps. Yeah, um, I mean, that's fair. I think guide a bigger knowledge base for that historical event. Um, so I would say it is important like that. I mean, I think I know you haven't seen it yet, Jeremy, but just because it's fresh and I know you just saw it too, Chapin, that like, I think all of us strangers is arguably a more important movie to the Holocaust for people, for people to see yeah, for the Holocaust for people to see just in terms of, again, I think it's just because it's, it's subject matter is a little bit more timely, but hmm. I think it just, it sends a message that is not necessarily universally accepted. I say universally, I'm, I'm excluding the rare Holocaust denier. Like, I think everybody well, knows I the think Holocaust is bad. I think this is a timely movie, and I think a lot of people would argue it's a timely movie. Uh, more about how we, especially yeah, in this age of social with, media, yeah. and how we can just sort of live our lives while we know this horrible stuff's yeah, going on true. around us. I think that would be the be the consider like what people would consider timely about it. Sure, I agree. That's true. So, all right. Well, uh, Lee, uh, you had some. Pixie housekeeping to do, but that is an off-air conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, um, so guys, what have you... Uh, so I saw um, All of Us Strangers last night on upon Lee's rec- uh, uh, recommendation. Uh, Jeremy, I know you... Yeah, um, I was hoping I, we could try to do it for the next pod. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. great. I, awesome. I watched almost all of the second half of Barbie, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more um, at the end. I, I really love the... After uh, we berated him. After you berated me and, you know, we got some, no, no, I was, uh, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Like, I, I think it was really fun. I, I thought the, the irony of like the, the, the Ken, Ken world or whatever, whatever it was going back and. Well, you hadn't all, even gotten that far yet. <laughs> no, I hadn't. Um, and the, you know, the, um, the dance sequences, the, I'm just Ken sequence I thought was really funny and, um. Yeah, I don't know that the whole, that the movie you know worked for me entirely, but um, it was fun. Yeah, I, 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 it was yeah. fun. I mean, the best line in that whole movie, which I've said to Lydia a number of times, is that I stopped caring about the patriarchy when I learned that it wasn't about horses. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so good. There's this there's this truck that is on Route 114, Jeremy. When I'm driving home. You've probably seen it in the back of it. The back of the pickup, the door on the back has like this American flag painted horse on it. Mm. And it's just like such a classic like patriarchy USA. horse thing. And all I ever think about when I see that is just like I gave up on the patriarchy when I realized it wasn't about horses. Brilliant. Um, um, I watched. Yeah, I had a big weekend. I, I watched Poor Things again. Um I obviously I saw Zone of I saw Zone of Interest and I saw All of Us Strangers. Almost done with my rewatch of Killers of the Flower Moon. I started that. Uh, when did I start that? What year did you start that? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched Killers and actually I really enjoyed I really liked it. Good. Well, I, 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 and I, uh, I told you I got through halfway through the killer and I, I recommend we all try to rewatch that too. All right. Um, 33 days until the fixies are being recorded. Mark all right. your calendars. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, you know what? Uh, usually this time of year we start calling for voice uh, memos to pattern to <laughs> this the, year. Fuck you. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's always so hard to do it, and so we didn't do it last year because you know not enough people. Too submitted. many. Too many. To yeah, too through. many good ones. Um, no, but uh, so you know, I'm gonna leave that up to you. I'm just gonna leave this one note for everybody. If you're interested in you know having your voice heard uh, during the Fixie Show, let us know and send us something. But you know what? We're, this is the only time we're gonna ask. And if we get enough, we'll fucking do it. And if we, not, we need at least eight to put it between each category. Otherwise, it's just I think, one. I think it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I love hearing what other people's favorite movies I do, too. I, I, I do, wish too. People but I'm do not, it. It's great. I'm not going to keep asking for it. Yeah. I don't want to beg people. Yeah. Um, so, but, but that but makes please. sense. We do really appreciate you guys listening. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what's moving you at the cinema or at home on your streaming services just thank you so much for listening who liked Barbie. Uh, we uh love you so much hmm. it's a good song